Hey everybody, this is Garrett with another Art of NGF podcast, and today I've got a very special guest. Uh, welcome, Misty. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, great. I'm very happy you're here. And uh, folks who've been following the Art of NGF podcast for a while will remember we had Misty on. Uh, now I guess it's been a couple of years. <laughs> Time flies. Yes, it's probably been a year or two since the last one. <laughs> it's insane. So, uh, so I just wanted to have you back on and find out what you've been up to between then and now, and then ask you some really specific questions uh, to help folks out who are feeling like the world's crashing in on them or they're mm -hmm. under loads of stress but still need to get stuff done mm -hmm. or they're in a job that they hate and their life is collapsing a little bit and they need to get it together and try to make some kind of transition and make stuff happen even while not really feeling up to it. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, but to start out with, so what have you been up to since we last talked? I think then you were running some of the um, fitness or gym kind of training. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I had a brick and mortar business for about 10 years um, in Toronto. And um, that was uh, primarily a fitness boot camp and uh, nutrition uh, place. And uh, so, and then I was balancing all the copywriting and email marketing business at the same time. So I, I finally ditched the brick and mortar business, which um, I would highly recommend to anyone in the world. Uh, get rid of the brick and mortar business and go strictly online. <laughs> so I finally managed to do that. Um, it was hard. It was tough because that was my, you know, it was my baby. It was my first business. And it was, you know, I'd had it for 10 years. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and that really coincides with what we're going to talk about with the stress and the world crashing in type theme of this podcast. Um, and so I went full on into email marketing. So um, my, you know, I, I work for clients and I do all their email marketing um, in a day in, day in, day out basis. And I offer strategic business coaching. So business coaching that includes structural components of their business, but also, um, you know, marketing like email marketing and, and how they're going to market their, their business. So that's what I do on a day to day basis now. And it's, um, it's busy. Like I've got, you know, I got, I got a lot of work to do for a lot of people. So it's, it's been a really, yeah, it's been a really exciting and stressful adventure, but you know, that's, you just got to roll with the punches, I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations on making that transition. I didn't realize yeah. that you had closed that down or did you sell the bit, the old business or did you just close it up? I well, I, I parted it out to the trainers, um, to the staff that were there. So I have, I had a team of trainers that were there and, um, they were all offered to take their own, you know, clients with them and, and off they go. And I just figured that would be the best way to, to look after the trainers who were super loyal to me for years. Like I just, they were just amazing people. Uh, and it'd be, and it, you know, to, so, so to make sure the clients were taken care of and the trainers were taken care of, I just parted it out and said, you know what, you guys have Adder, it's, it's the evolution. So you guys go ahead. And, and that's what they did. And you know what, that was the best way. Cause there was no backlash. There was no, you know, there was no bad blood. It just felt good to do that. So, awesome. Well, yeah. That's great. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe a side question. I'm just curious uh, in terms of email. Again, I always see the big guru marketers and all this stuff and a lot of them saying, 
nobody's opening emails or you got to go to Facebook or you got to do all these other things. But uh, and it sounds like, I mean, by the fact that you have a business going that's built uh, pretty heavily around emails, that that's not true. Is that, is that how you see it? Yeah, I mean, I would say that like definitely in the past couple of years, um, the email marketing game has changed considerably. And a lot of times now we find ourselves, well, we should, all the other email marketers should be writing more for um, compliance than they are uh, for storytelling and, uh, you know, the way it used to be. And I think what the problem is, is people aren't understanding that aspect of it. They're not really delving into deliverability rates. They're not really getting into the, the nerdy side of email marketing. They just want to write cool stories. And that's why a lot of people are not having much luck anymore. And unless you do the work that I, that I've done and get the software that I have and do, you know, have the knowledge that I have around that email marketing is going to get trickier and trickier and trickier for people. But if you can figure it out, if, so if you can figure it out while everybody else moves to Facebook and you can figure out the email marketing side and deliverability stuff, then you're going to be gold because everyone moved to Facebook and you're still here. So it's, it's never going to die. Um, it's never going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the arsenal. Uh, that's for sure. So I think that I would be happy if everyone moved to Facebook and left me alone to do all my emails for myself. That'd be great. Right. Awesome. <laughs> and then I will dominate. <laughs> I've even heard that people are doing well with postcards and direct mail again now. Direct mail. I mean, I was with, uh, I was with Titans with Brian Kurtz and, and Dan Kennedy. And, and, you know, he came to present at one of the um, events that Brian put on and there's nothing dead about direct response, direct response at all. Like, you know, we're talking, you know, mail outs and, you know, 48 page magalogs, like things like there is nothing dead about that. Like nothing. Like it was incredible learning, having that learning experience and realizing that, you know, these are options that many people just ignore because it feels like it's, you know, from the eighties, but it's really not. It's alive and kicking just like email. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, that's a good yeah. thing to know. And that's another thing I think that touches on something is that just because the popular media or social media or Google searches about marketing or something like that give you one set of results. It doesn't mean that's the full story. It doesn't mean yeah. that uh, yeah, totally. you can't go out and be creative. I, I think anyone who, I mean, even a fiction writer, I just had ideas off the top of my head now, but somebody who was a no-name fiction writer but who was very creative could do an extremely compelling series of mail-outs of postcards and then you know, kind of mystery, start a little mystery that then leads up to getting a book or a serial of books or something like that. All I mean, I, I, in our masterminds, we encourage people to send, to send handwritten postcards and handwritten you know, letters and little, you know, little personal uh, notes to people. That's part of the, the training that we do. So um, especially, yeah, like as you said, we, have, we had an artist, um, uh, Julia, she came uh, to one of our masterminds and, and she, um, you know, she does a whole handwritten series as well for her, for the people who buy her prints. Uh, that's definitely part of her marketing and it's, you know, and, and, and I think that's great. I mean, I love getting little presents and cards in the mail. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Who doesn't I, love that stuff, you know? Exactly. And it's funny because I, thinking about it is like, uh, companies like Amazon and everything, it's like obviously everyone is still going to the mailbox or going to wherever they pick up their mail or getting it delivered from a, from a mail drop or something like that. But it's our mm -hmm. physical things being brought to people's houses, maybe even more now than before. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, the written word, like, I, th I find the written word and music to be the two most powerful things, right? The human, the humans will always generate 
or um, not generate, they will always congregate around words and around music. And so anytime you use those two things in your marketing, you're going to be, you know, it's, it's going to work. Like people love, they can't, the human race loves that stuff. So you might as well, you know, use it <laughs> right. if, if you want success, right? Do the things that humans love and you'll be all right. You know? Yeah, definitely. That's, well, that's good news. And I, and I think people listening can take heart that if, if you just spend some time being creative and like you said, looking up the compliance and you're going to need to do that with any business, whether it's a spam emails or mm -hmm. like I just had a Facebook ad uh, denied because I forgot to take the swear words out of it. You know, just sim simple little stuff, but yeah, it can make a big difference. They, like the, it, you know, when it comes down to that stuff and this is like highly nerdy, but it, the devil is in the details. And and when it comes to email marketing these days, you simply just have to know what you can say and what you can't say, you know? Um, so once you've, once you've cracked the code a little bit and, and your emails are, you know, people are loving your emails and getting, and getting, you're getting the emails to the inboxes, uh, you can put your swear words back in. That's not a problem. It's just, you know, if you're having problems in the beginning, there's a little transitional period where you might have to clean your act up a little bit, uh, before you can slide back into that. So you know, it's just knowing sort of like the, how, uh, the, the, the comings and goings of the email marketing world. Cause it, it's a, it's a moving goalpost seriously. Right. So yeah. Very cool. Well, interesting little side note. Hopefully some folks who are listening have get something out of that. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I know I just did, I'm going to look into a little more into compliance and I know I have options in, even in the email service I use that I, I don't actually use the options, but I think just clicking that extra button will show me a lot of details about deliverability on the whole test set at very minimum. So yeah, thank you for that. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. No problem. And uh, so yeah, the, so let's get to the, the main course that we described the, at the beginning, which is how to keep going when the world's crashing in uh, all around you. And, and so do you have any personal experiences? Uh, first with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I feel like I live inside the world crashing down some days. But um, I think, you know, not to give you the, the, the longest history in the world, but probably I think six years ago now, I got, I got divorced and found myself as a single mom running a business. And that right there is like, it's really hard. <laughs> like, is any single moms listening or single parents listening and are entrepreneurs? it's very stressful. And oftentimes you simply feel like you're just there to pay the bills. Like you're just the person there to pay the bills and keep all the plates spinning and, you know, pay your staff members, keep the rent, you know, paid, all that kind of stuff. Um, and as, as an entrepreneur, you go through this roller coaster, you know, some days you feel really awesome. And then the next day you might feel like the world is crashing in. So I think it's par for the course, A, when you're an entrepreneur, and then throw any life disaster your way and it can get really overwhelming. Um, so I would say, you know, if, if you are struggling financially, it will feel like the world is crashing in on you every day because you're just, you know, scrambling to pay the next bill and keep the lights on. Um, I will say after I closed the business and the, the brick and mortar business, which was last August, um, that was a hard, that was a hard place to be. Um, 12 years of my life had been spent gearing towards, you know, uh, marketing fitness, talking about fitness, talking about my own uh, weight loss story and motivating people to try to come to the gym. You know, that was my, that's what I did every single day. Every day I got up, I knew exactly what I had to say to people to get them to, to, to come to my gym. 
Um, and then at August, I, ha- I didn't have that anymore. And I didn't really know where my voice went. I kind of lost all my voice. And um, as a person who's used to working 12 to 18 hours a day, <clears throat> sitting, on the co- uh, sitting on the couch and watching Downton Abbey for five hours at a time, really, it was hard. Like, it, I didn't know where my money was coming from. I didn't know where my life was going. It was, it was, a, it was a tricky transition. And so you, you often feel like, oh, shit, like, what have I done? Like, this is a disaster. You know, I've, I've done this big thing and I've got no plan to fix it. Um, but ultimately, you know, God or the universe or whatever you believe in, uh, comes around and and picks you back up again and puts you on your feet. Um, so the world crashing in is is a temporary state um, that you'll go through multiple times in your life. It's just knowing that you're going to come out the other side uh, smelling like roses, which is that you've just got to keep that faith, I think. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's what I did. <laughs> and look, it worked out, so I'm proof. <laughs> <laughs> and so on a day-to-day basis, I mean, so did you know what your next business step was before you closed down the old one? No, no, no. Like I, you know, I was, I knew that I wasn't, I, I knew that my passion had, had dissipated. Like I just wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't in that headspace anymore. I knew that this was over for me. And, and when I know something like that, I make pretty, you know, pretty decisive decisions on that. I will go, I will go ahead and, and cut the cord. Um, but I didn't have a plan. And, um, and that's probably one of my strengths and one of my weaknesses. I tend to jump into things without listening to my gut, without necessarily listening to the logic. Um, which, you know, can suck. <laughs> if you don't like the world crashing in on you, don't do that. Um, so yeah, I didn't really have a plan. I figured I'd do some coaching, um, you know, it's cause that, that's, that's what I do. Um, but you know, the clients weren't there. It was summer, you know, no one really wants to pick up coaching in the summer and spend that money. And, you know, so it was a very, um, it was, it was, it was tricky, but, uh, as you know, as things tend to happen, um, I actually ended up working with a friend um, of mine who's had her business for 10 years and now became her director of editorial, which means I write lots of emails every day, really is what it means. Um, but that just, it kind of came around. So there was no specific plan, but there was, there was faith <laughs> and there was, there was a, a realization that the thing that I was doing at the time wasn't for me anymore. And, uh, you know, and that, those two things are very important. Yeah, definitely. So what was it like then? I mean, how long, how long did you have to, to I mean, how, how were you able to keep it all together in that, in that transition? <laughs> I think, I, think um, I drank some wine. Pretty sure I drank some wine. Um, can't remember, but for now. Um, so, and, and, the, and this really goes for anyone. If, 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 if you have your business, if, so, so say you have a business that you're not passionate about or you're in a nine to five job that you hate or something in your life, it just isn't serving you anymore whether it's a job or a person or whatever it is, you kind of have to cut the cord. You don't really have a choice in that, right? You have to, you have to make sure that you get rid of the things or the people that don't serve you anymore. Um, and so I, I knew that was the key. I, this business wasn't serving me and it, it was keeping me trapped. So I was like, fine, going to get rid of it. And so I, so I leapt into the unknown, uh, which was basically the couch. And while I was sitting on the couch in, you know, in desperation thinking, shit, what am I going to do with my life? I had a great conversation with a friend, uh, Lisa, um, and she just said, you know, you have been given this opportunity to chill out for a minute. Like, just chill out. You've been going straight for 12 years. Just chill out. Take the white, white space that has been granted to you and just relax for a little bit. And as hard as it is to relax when you've got no money, um, I did. I decided, all right, I'll take her advice. It felt like I was in limbo for a year 
when I look back, I was actually in limbo for eight weeks. So (laughs) before the next big thing came around. So I think that that's an important part of it is while you're in the world crashing down on you phase, it feels like forever. Like it because you are constantly ruminating on your tragic situation. But when you look back, you'll be like, oh, actually that was like a month of my life. So if you're currently in a very stressful time, it's not going to last forever. It hasn't been that long and it won't take forever to get back on your feet. Um, and then when you look back, you'll realize because hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Wow. So, do you feel like it was some of it was the the connections you've already made and the and like in your business world or going? You know, you mentioned you went to do the Titans thing. Was that before or after the new the transition? That was during. Yeah. So I was kind of in Titans and and preparing uh, for the closure of the business and. Um, I met some amazing, um, you know, I met some amazing people in Titans. I, I already had friends in the Titans group. Um, so that was, you know, that was, that was awesome. Um, but I'd say that the, you know, the, the connections that I, that I made there were more longevity connections. They weren't sort of instant. Here's some, you know, they handing me some work. Um, the actual, the stuff that I did, um, came from people I knew, you know, like from, from, from years, you know, it's always people in your circle that will help you with the next step. So if you're struggling, you just look to the people in your immediate circle and I can guarantee they are going to be the ones to help you out of your, you know, whatever you're stuck in, uh, inside of. So yeah, I I got some, I basically work on uh, word of, you know, word of mouth and, and referrals. And so, you know, that was really awesome. So yeah, I did, uh, you know, I was, I just kept on talking to my friends and kept on making sure I was there for people and offering the advice that I, that I, that I could. And, um, and yeah, it just so happened that, uh, I reconnected with a, with a friend from a long time ago and, uh, she, she just said she needed the help and it just kind of spiraled from there. So if you're, if you're in a position where you're stuck and you don't know where to turn, make a list of all your friends and all the connections that you have and start helping them. Just go out there and help them with whatever you can. And I can promise you that will, that will, that will change the, you know, the trajectory of everything. Yeah, I forget which what the book is. This idea comes from, but I heard about it. I heard about it through some a program that Mark Joyner was uh, putting on that I joined. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was called Acres of Diamonds. You take an Acres okay. of Diamonds inventory. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in your life, and you and even just making out a PDF of that or just a list in a notebook, I noticed. Oh, wow, I know all these different people all over the yes. world. And, Yes. Yeah. Even if it meant like, oh, I could go to this farm somewhere for a while and just regroup and I won't have to, yeah. you know what I mean? Whatever it is. Oh, I think the book is called Acres of Diamonds. Is that right? Um, that's, and that's a fun, I mean, if it is, that's a fantastic name because that's exactly, that's exactly what you need to do if, you know, and, and, and it doesn't even need to be that you're going to, you know, harvest them in any way. You're just going to help. That's, I mean, I, there's a book out there called The Go-Giver. Uh, by Bob Berg. And um, it's, the notion is, is that you give before you get right. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of being a go getter, go be a, go and be a go giver. And so ultimately the stuff that you give out to the world or these contacts that, you know, in your, in your acres of diamonds, ultimately what you give out will come back to you tenfold. And, you know, I've always thought that if you don't know what to do, go and help someone and that will figure it out for you. And it's hard because you might not feel like helping other people when you're, you're miserable or sad or stressed or you're suffering from anxiety attacks. You, but you must go help someone and that will 
that will get things that will, that will get the ball rolling again in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. I noticed that in the in the boot camp that Mark Joyner was putting on, and uh, I had joined that after I joined a thing that Russell Brunson was doing, and and I because mm. I had noticed I was just not. I was doing enough to get by, but not feeling inspired or excited mm -hmm. doing the things that, that yeah. I could do. And then by joining each of those, those um, groups, I was able to make a huge leap ahead. And then particularly in the Mark Joyner, uh, the, the, what's called the cash injection uh, mission boot camp. And, you know, some of them were live calls and stuff, but there's a group on Facebook and I noticed a lot of people struggling with what I found to be very simple issues so i just started posting and, and uh helping them move past those or just sending folks messages and then also i noticed some really high level people just reaching out to me and helping mm -hmm. nowhere yeah. and there was kind of a vibe there and no one was having to enforce that or anything and at first i thought why is this guy even helping me what is this about <laughs> it crazy and then, yeah, and then when i started helping too i realized oh this is actually fun and, and this is this is how it works it's i, I think if you're a very independent person and a lot of entrepreneurs are ferociously independent, the notion of someone helping you for no gain is like mind blowing and you're suspicious of that. So what you were just saying, remind it, that's me. I just, I'm like, why would you help me? I've done like nothing for you, you know? Um, but that's, you know, I mean, it's amazing when you realize that's what people are doing for you and it's humbling, very humbling that yeah. you realize that. Yeah. And it gave me a, an entirely uh, upgraded attitude on mm. how I would interact with other people. Because then I started realizing, oh, wow, I can always have this influence. And I didn't. So it helped me see how far ahead I was. Right. And helped me see how much more there is to learn to, uh, from, from these other guys who've been doing these businesses forever or, or much more advanced in some specific aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you feel more. And it feels great to feel like at least a little bit part of something greater than just like you were, like we were both saying, just getting by and sitting there alone yeah. in the house. And like, well, I guess I'll, I need to send an email or something today. But and then finally feeling this connection and getting on video chats or calls with people. And, and uh, sometimes, yeah, it's like just one idea or one conversation in 10 minutes can change everything. I mean, I have found, I mean, you know, as I, as I get older and, and wiser, um, I, I think that you, you let go of your, you let you a little bit, you have to let go of what you imagine the future will look like. You know, you have, when you're 20, you have this set plan, you know, you're going to do this, you get married, you have kids, you're going to, you know, get this job and you're going to have this house. And you know, that, and that's kind of how you see it going until all of a sudden, you know, you go through something earth shattering and then you start to realize everything can change in a moment. Everything can change in a moment. So you know, have, have a, have a plan for success, but be willing to, to take the, you know, the, the road less traveled or to, to have a diversion um, if necessary. And that diversion comes in, you know, maybe volunteering somewhere, you know, that wasn't in the big picture, but it's good for you or having this conversation or coming on a podcast at nine o'clock in the morning with Garrett. Like you just don't know, you know, wh where life will take you. So you just sort of, go help people and, 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 and it's all, it's like, you know, spread the good word, but you know, <laughs> not in like a religious way, but spread the good word of, of what you do and what you know, just like you did in those Facebook groups. You just spread the good word, right? You help people fight the good fight. And that's what we have to do in life. Yeah, totally. It's uh, and it's amazing and, and fun. And that can happen. I think even if a person, someone listening might be thinking, well, I'm not online or I don't have a lot of connections online. 
Mm -hmm. um, but like the original idea that Acres of Diamonds was, uh, I believe that it was a speech that a guy made at a time when there was no internet and that the premise of that is that the resources you actually need in your life are already there in your backyard. They're already yeah. uh, So just getting out and talking to people. Um, I know a mutual acquaintance of yours and mine, uh, Ben Settle, had the idea about the dog shit business. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> Vaguely. I can't remember what that was about <laughs> now. <laughs> it rings a bell. You can tell any yard, you can walk through your neighborhood and you'll know but I mean, for, for one thing, you'll see people who own dogs, you'll see them, the dogs, but you'll also see if they need help cleaning up their yards. Right. And so you have an audience, that, a, pre, a predetermined audience that has a need right there in your neighborhood. Uh, and then all you have to do is be willing to go approach them and set up a, a system. You hire a couple high school kids to even go do the work or do the work yourself if you need to right away. Uh, but within a short amount of time, they'll tell all their friends, people who have dogs tend to hang out or know the other people around who have dogs. And from there, you can have a, a decent little business running. And then from there, you also have a whole bunch of side things you could sell those people because you know they have dogs, they have needs, they need leashes or they need uh, special dog treats or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I think that people... I mean, a lot of the people that I work with, and, and, I, and I've fallen you know, victim to this, th th this as well, is that you don't really have to be an expert in anything to make money, right? And you know, probably people will yell at me for saying that. But I mean, if you think about picking up dog shit then, if you want to use that analogy, you don't need to be an expert. Everyone knows how to pick up dog shit. It's just who's willing to do it. Yeah. So really, you know, if, even if you have a hobby um, that you enjoy doing, like for example, I play the banjo. Am I a good banjo player? No. Right. Like I can, I, you know, I can pick a few, pick a few songs out. Could I help someone, uh, someone else that's uh, a brand new beginner with banjo? Absolutely. I don't have to be an expert in banjo to help somebody else figure out how to play a banjo. That's that's you know, so whatever you know a little bit about can actually make you quite a lot of money because you're only really looking to the person that's just one step below you and then helping them up to the step that you're on. You don't have to, I don't have to be, um, you know, a 15 year banjo, a bluegrass superstar. To be, a, to be a banjo uh, teacher or to, 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 to help someone with banjo. I just have to know a little bit more than them. And, you know, that opens up a lot more opportunities for people when they realize that it doesn't take, you know, it's nice to have the 10,000 hours of experience that Outliers talks about. That's lovely. Uh, but it's not necessarily required to get you going, right? The 10,000 hour rule is for those who are truly experts. But if you just need to get going, figure out what you're good at and go help people do it. Because there's a market for everything, as I said. I think even before this podcast, I said there's a market for everything. So yeah, totally. And even just going out and and talking to people, if you have like you you were saying earlier, just going out and helping people at whatever they need to do. I mean, if you walk around the neighborhood and see someone moving or struggling with something, just walking up and saying, "Hey, what's going on?" Just just uh, chat. Just be. Don't you know? I think I think a lot of people. We're just not a so we're just not as social as we used to be. Like I'm an I'm an extraordinarily social person. I go to the dog park and I come out with three friends. Like I, you know, I mean, I will literally talk to anyone. Um, but a lot of people just won't. They won't. You know, they won't go out and they won't go out and do that. And and that's a shame because you know you just never know who's going to be the next you know that that next uh, pivotal person in your life that's going to change things around for you. And not that you rely on someone else to change your you know destiny, but you do have to kind of like have the inspiration to kind of go up and and have a conversation with someone. Um, I think if anyone's, got, if anyone's got kids that are listening to the podcast, 
my, my son is, uh, is going to be 13 next week and he wants a business. He wants to start his business. Uh, and he's 13 years old. And, um, and I said, yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll start your business called all season Sam. And all season Sam is basically a kid that goes around and cleans up your yard, uh, which, you know, whether it's debris from the trees or leaves or, you know, grass cuttings, whatever it is. Um, and we just make some flyers and we just go post those in people's, you know, in, in, in people's doors. And will he get the customers out of that? Absolutely. Because he just, you know, he just, he will go up and, you know, give people those flyers and he will talk to people. Um, and that's a great skill to have is just to get out there and, you know, make yourself known a little bit, you know? Yeah, totally. And again, that's a lot of fun and mm-hmm. sitting at home feeling depressed. That's the issue. It's so weird because when people, and I know from looking back at my own darkness in my lives or dark times that have passed through, mm-hmm. there's some barrier, invisible barrier that seems to, to be there where you feel like, uh, well, I can't speak for you, but where I felt like, well, what the fuck do I have to offer anyone anyway? Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. that's always totally. a lie. That's always a lie. Because even yeah. if you can just lift a box, you know what I mean? If someone's moving, I mean, or, or just say hello to someone, uh, it can be a huge deal. I think, I think that, you know, if you're, if you're really down and you've got that, you know, you're, you're, you're just in that, in that headspace where you don't feel like you have anything to offer, um, you know, professionally, um, or as a business. And I think a lot of people, you know, have a really hard time picking a niche or picking something that they think that they should be doing. Mm-hmm. If you're having a, if you're struggling with that, decide once and for all to only do things that are fun, only focus on the things that are fun for you. Because if you decide to pick a niche or do, do something that is, that you, you know, it's, it, it'll, it'll generate income, but you're not really that invested in, or you're not really that passionate about you're going to, it's going to make things worse. It's going to make the depression deeper. It's going to make, you know, your life just miserable. So if you decide to do things that are only fun for you, you open up a lot more doors, right? You will, you will start to, to gravitate towards the things that, that make you shine a little bit, which is one of the reasons that I picked up, picked up the banjo in the first place is because I made a decision last year. I'm only going to do things that are fun for me. Um, and so I picked up the banjo cause that's a, it's a fun instrument. You can't be sad when you play the banjo. Um, so, you know, and that, you know, that was, that was one of the things. And, and now I'm, you know, part of this, you know, bluegrass community. I mean, am I a big bluegrass fan? Not particularly, but they're fun. They're nice people, you know, and, and you just, you just have to make a decision that focus on the fun, fun things or else it's just going to be, you're just going to be trapped for a much longer period of time you know, and it sounds scary, but it's, it's not, it's not that scary once you, once you focus on the fun. And that sounds, it sounds a bit arbitrary saying out loud, but I had this conversation with a mentor. I just said, you know, he said, well, what are you going to do when you close the business? I'm like, I don't know yet, but I've decided that the only things I'm going to do are going to be fun for me. And he was like, oh, okay. So it worked. I mean, it worked out. Totally. And And that doesn't mean, and I think some people can think that means you're not going to ever do anything complicated or difficult again, but that's, that's just totally not true as well because I mean, I've, I've built my life around that uh, and had to, you know, when it sinks down under the muck, then re-aim that and find out what the new fun is. But I generally built the life around that and, and I've done all kinds of really complicated stuff. So I think in a way it's, if, if you're doing things that are fun for you, that's one of the only things that'll help you pull through the most difficult challenges uh, that come up with business. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that entrepreneur, I think that everyone needs a creative outlet, whether entrepreneurs specifically need a creative outlets because they are naturally creative people, but they tend to focus their creation uh, on business and, instead of, you know, just a hobby, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that everyone needs a, cre- a creative outlet and something that's completely just for, for fun, for you, nothing to do with business, nothing to do, you know, with any goals that you've set for yourself in life, just something that opens up your brain, you know, unpacks a few emotions and, you know, like just something fun. And, and that, I mean, what am I going to do with banjo? You know, it's like, that's a re- I can't really merge that with email marketing in too many different ways. You know what? It's, it's nothing to do with business. It's just a thing that I do. And I go to my lesson every Saturday at nine 30 and that's where I have to be every Saturday. And and I, you know, and I learn something new and I you open up your brain and, and that's, it's really important and it's not really talked about. I mean, you won't see the seven figure, the seven figure, you know, mastermind launching, you know, seven figure launch guys really talking about picking up a bang, banjo and, and plucking some strings, but everyone needs a creative outlet. They it's, it's really critical in, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, and I don't think, um, I'm not really that impressed anymore with a lot of the business folks who are promoting like the hustle all the time and then they're bragging about working insane amounts of hours. It just doesn't seem right to me at all, at least maybe that's good for some people or to get someone over a hump or out of a certain situation. But even then, I don't know that that's the right way because it might give your own brain, uh, you might create a resistance to that over time. And there's no way anyone can keep that up for too long. Uh, I mean, you know, again, as, as I, you know, get older and wiser, why the fuck would I want to work that hard? Like, why do I, like, I don't need a big house. I don't need a private jet. I certainly don't need bags of cash. So why, why would I want to work that hard? Just the passion of getting to the seven figure point is not going to, that is not going to motivate me to work that hard. (laughs) So, you know, and I've talked about success in, with, with many audiences and, and, and the definition of success and everyone's definition of success is, is, is very different. And if their definition of success is a private jet and a bag of cash, so be it. But that is not success, in my opinion, is not success to aspire, aspire to. Success could be paying all your bills and saving some money, you know. Success could be buying a tiny little cottage on a lake, uh, and, you know, the, the ramshackle cottage that needs putting back together again. Uh, that could be success. You know, success could be something so small it doesn't have to be this you know the the internet type of success that's just that's just for show real success comes when you raise a family well and you know all the bills are paid and you've got good food on the table and you can have a laugh with your friends that to me that's real success you know when you boil it down yeah totally i agree too and uh, i think it would be a rare person if anyone who would be sitting on their deathbed and look back and say, you know, I wish I would have worked a lot more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and save more and all this, you know, it's just the, the priorities get a little bit mixed up, especially in when people get competitive or trying to live up yeah. to some idea they think they need to live up to rather than getting what they actually want and need in their own life. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. So, one of the last things I wanted to ask is for folks uh, who haven't done a business or who have never done any freelancing or any kind of business stuff, but mm-hmm. they're in a job and they maybe uh, are starting to feel like that's 
to me, a job is one of the more stressful things I ever did. Uh, I know I said before the call, I never worked a job. I actually did work a lot of jobs, but not anything for more than like six months, maybe a year right. was the longest, but I tried 40 different ones. And every time it was like the most soul crushing thing <laughs> that ever happened to me. And, and, uh, right. so that forced me into a completely different way of life. Um, so in a way I even admire that people are able to stick with that kind of thing for so long. I have no idea how they do it, but, um, but yeah, that one income stream thing, especially now it can be so volatile. It's never a good idea to have one stream of income ever. Yeah. So <laughs> I know that say? I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So what would you say to these folks if they, I mean, what does a person do if they're at a business or if they're at a job now and they're working mm -hmm. 140 hours or whatever it is a week, what should they do to try and branch out? I think, well, I mean, I've had, I've, I've had many clients in this, in this position over the years um, of, you know, business coaching and in, in, in the online business coaching business. And so, you know, and I, and I, and I had to go through this too many, many years ago, um, probably 10 years ago. So the one thing that's really important is um, getting a, well, first of all, getting a mentor, right? Cause there's no way you, you're going to push yourself to jump into the unknown without someone there to hold your hand. I mean, it's a lot easier if you get a mentor. So first and foremost, if, it, if, they're, if, they're, if you're absolutely serious and you're done with your nine to five or done with the position that you're in, find yourself a mentor or someone that you can, um, someone to guide you a little bit through it, right? Because it's, it's, a, it's a very scary transition. Second of all, figure out what your priorities are, right? Figure out when you've got, when your job has, has gone and you've put your two weeks in or whatever it is, before you do any of that, figure out what your priorities are in life. You know, why are you doing this? If your priority is to have financial security and pay off, you know, your debt and, and, and pay your mortgage down, perhaps leaving your job at this particular juncture isn't the right step for you. Because if, if you truly prioritize security and financial security, um, or the, well, I should say the illusion of financial security, but if you really prioritize that paycheck every two weeks, perhaps you need to rethink your, you know, your ideas, right? So that would be the first two steps before even, before even, you, you know, you, you contemplate, you know, getting rid of your job and moving into entrepreneurial, um, entrepreneurship. Now, the, the, the smart way to go about it is to, is to do a balancing act. So you would continue on with your job. So you keep your nine to five job, uh, plan to have that job for another three to six months. Okay. So you have your job and in the interim, you're building out your business, which is where the mentor comes in because they can, they can quickly get you up and running where, you know, if you don't have a mentor, you typically spend years trying to figure it out. So <clears throat> you plan to have your job for about three to six more months in the interim, get that mentor on board so they can help you strategically set up a business. Will you work your ass off in that six months? Absolutely. Will you get very much sleep? No, probably not. But you want to, what we're trying to do is maintain the security of the job of the financial security of the job paycheck while you focus on building a business that can sustain you um, for a little bit, right? Because there's obviously a dip in the beginning, you know, financially speaking, when you start a business, it's not all roses. You don't start with a million dollars. So, you know, if, if, if you are a little concerned about the money, I would say do a balancing act, right? That would be the smart way. Have I done that? No, because I'm an idiot, but don't do what I do as I say, not as I do so balance, <laughs> balance the job and build the business in your evenings or in your spare time and on the weekends. And then there'll become a point where that little business that you are growing there will be able to sustain the household and you'll be able to have income. Um, that might take six months. It might take 12, 
right? But that would be the, that would be the, the safest way to go about um, jumping in. Um, the emotional way to do it is to hand in your two weeks and figure it out and learn how to fly on the way down. That's the, <laughs> that's the misty way of doing things. And I, and I have, it never failed me and I've always landed on my feet. Um, but that might not be, you know, that's a bit radical. <laughs> so, um, that's definitely a radical undoing as you would say. Right. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that, the smart way would be to, to do that balancing act. Um, the emotional way would be to, 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 you know, jump, learn how to fly. And, but either way, you've got to get a mentor to, to guide you, uh, and, and to show you where, you know, show you where to go. Yeah, I think uh, that's very good advice. And I've, I've learned it along the way uh, just by diving into the deep end as well and almost drowning. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think that is <laughs> good for people. I don't know that we can really, I can't really give that advice to people because then if they make you or me responsible, then that's another problem. But but if folks will know if that's if that's the right move and they're, they're wondering if they should do it or not, then... You know, I recommend watching uh, Indiana Jones and the, the Last Crusade. And if you really feel that vibe, then yeah, go for it for sure. But if you're absolutely terrified, then yeah, I think the mentor is really a healthy way to go. Yeah, it's an investment, um, but it'll be one of many in a you know for successful business. But um, I definitely think that having someone there who's been there, done that, you know, is the is the is the quickest way to success. And a lot of people don't really want to put the money out. They don't really want to make that investment because it's not a sure thing. Um, but you know, it's, in my opinion, having, I've always been mentored. I've always had a coach and uh, I've always been, you know, whatever business I've taken on, it's always been the right, the right way to go. So yeah, definitely. One thing thing I see that people ignore often, well, two things, one is that they could buy up. There's, there's so many amazing books that I've read about business and from all different angles on Amazon. And a lot of them are really cheap on Kindle, or you could just buy that membership and then read tons of them uh, for mm-hmm. free. I don't even know what the membership is because I like to buy them. But, uh, but there's some membership where you just get to read whatever Kindle books you want for some monthly fee, and it can't be that much. Uh, but starting there and then filling the spare time instead of complaining and commiserating and, and going out drinking on the weekends, uh, you could fill that, just begin filling that extra time with studying things that are inspiring to you, whether, like you said, the banjo is even a, a nice way to go with something that gets the brain more active, but also mm-hmm. something in the direction of transitioning out of the job or reading stories of people who successfully did it and seeing how they did it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you need to have the inspiration, right? Like you gotta know, you gotta know in your heart of hearts, like people can tell you, you know, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine, just do it, but unless you have, really you know got that message into your heart you're going to be it's going to be terrifying um but luckily there are a tremendous amount of success stories out there that i mean i you know i don't know how cheesy this is (laughs) or how cliche but i will say that richard branson um is i just find his energy and and everything i just i just find his whole thing very very inspirational um you know and so so do a lot of people obviously uh but i you know he's one of the big names that i can say that yeah like i really enjoy i really enjoy following him on instagram and you know i like i like the vibe and um and I, you know that was one of the he's, he was one of my it still is to this day one of my big inspirations um in the, you know the, the one of the big names anyway there's, there's tons of people but yeah he's one of the big names that i really enjoy following yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Yeah, whether you agree or disagree with him, he's a, he's a, a lot of fun and interesting character out there in the world for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, and that, you know, and that, that brings up, you know, a whole, a whole new kettle of fish is you don't have to agree with someone to, to, to find them useful. You know, um, I think that I, I've, I've mentioned with many people in, in, in my time and I haven't agreed with everything that they've ever said, but you know, there, there's still been a massive help. Um, so it's just picking out the parts that, that resonate with you and, and moving forward with that. And, and being very open-minded with who you follow. Like people, you know, I come from a, from a, from a bunch of people, some 50% love Gary V and 50% hate Gary V, you mm -hmm. know, but in the end, uh, if you can just pick out what you, what you enjoy listening to and what, you know, the parts that make sense to you, then that's fine. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to drink the Kool-Aid and go all in. You just have to find the bits that resonate and, and take them, you know, and, and, and push those into your heart and, and follow those bits. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I think you'll, people will know what's, right for them when they hear it yeah. said you don't have to just buy into everything that you hear or read yeah yeah the other thing kind of returning to that acres of diamonds idea that i think people really take for granted is any unless you live way out in the countryside but even then there's going to be you're, you're pretty much surrounded by successful business owners if you live in any town or city anywhere in the world mm -hmm. unless you live in like one of the few socialists states which i don't even know if there's any that exist anymore hopefully not but uh but unless you you unless you live in an absolute you know socialist dictatorship you're surrounded by somewhat successful business owners now they might not be as glamorous as the ones that are on the internet or on video all day long but if you go to a pizza place a small uh, pizza place that you really like that's been there for 20 years there's some old dude or old lady who's behind that who's sitting there and maybe has never been asked by anyone in the local uh, in their local community how they got there and how they managed mm -hmm. to keep that thing going. And then maybe like there's a you know some franchise store down the street and someone's been running that. So even if you have nothing, you, you go to the businesses that you already shop at or that you like that have been there for a while, and you can talk to all those business owners. And they might even need help, or they might want to sit and talk with you and it can be super inspiring uh, i kind of got started with some different freelance gigs i think i was trading for beer and for burgers at a new bar when the guy came and opened it because no one was helping him with local marketing right and uh he didn't have any money to pay so i tried to pitch him on something but then he didn't pay but then he said oh you why don't you just come and have beers and food anytime you want and then we'll work on the marketing a little right yeah like uh, that place is still there now it's up and running and uh, been up there for I guess that's been there now for like ten years. So we did really well, and I made a really nice and uh, strong connection there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's there's a there's a feed I love to read. It's called Humans Humans of New York. It's in, in it's, it's on Instagram, and basically it's it's just about interviewing different people in New York and and, and hearing their story. And you know, it's unbelievable what people have been through. <laughs> like you would have, you know, you see hundreds of people on the streets every day. And yet every single person has this story of greatness and humans of New York is basically about uncovering everyone's story of greatness. And you just don't know, you just don't know until you ask, you got to go out and, and, and talk to people. And it is, you know, it is, it, it, it's unbelievable. Some of the stuff that people will tell you, you know, if you just ask. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. And like I said, most people haven't been even approached about this kind of stuff, especially if they're not in a glamorous business where their time is completely devoured by a lot of online presence right but I found that a lot of business owners especially ones that have a clothing shop or something where there's like an arts type shop or a jewelry store or 
yeah, especially like I said, art studios, mm-hmm. all different places in some of the small towns I lived in. Those people were happy to hang out and talk for hours sometimes about, yeah. about the business going, and no one had ever asked them. They wanted to tell everything about how they got it going. Well, they, there's definitely some pride there, you know, and 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 they deserve to be heard because they've worked really hard you know, to get everything up and going. Right. So it's, it's, you're doing them a favor, but you're also learning at the same time. So it's really mutually beneficial to go out and, and just, you know, start talking with your community for sure. 100%. I love it. I love my community. I live on an Island um, outside Toronto and we have our own community and we have our own meetings and everyone is like 80. And then there's me and (laughs) I just go and I listen to the historians and I, you know, and I just, I think it's so important, you know, I'm not going there for, with any agenda. I just like to go and listen and talk to people and get to know, you know, get to know the people in my community. Right. So it's yeah, important. Awesome. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, well, Misty, thanks a lot for coming on. And before we go, I wanted to ask you uh, if folks want to learn more from you or get involved with what you're, you're up to now, how can they do that? Yeah, they can pop to the, the website, which is breakingbreadmastermind.com. Uh, that's my, one of my main websites um, that people can communicate through. Or the better way, the faster way, is just to find me on Facebook under Teresa Misty. Um, I'll, I'll pop up if they put, put that in. Um, but yeah, breakingbreadmastermind.com is kind of where we hang out and they're welcome to, to contact me through there. Um, and that's, yeah, that's about it. Okay, great. Well, I'll put links to that too. So if folks are listening, yeah. you can go to the radicalundoing.com site where the podcast uh, posts are originally posted and you'll be able to find those <laughs> links there. And, uh, and yeah, I encourage everybody to get in touch uh, with, with you and have a wonderful time. I always enjoy talking to you and I'm glad we're connected over all this time. I know, right? It has been years, really, at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. So we'll have you on again sometime. And uh, if you need any help with anything or have anything fun to share, then please reach out as always. Yeah, likewise. I, I, I joined your group this morning. Um, and so I'll be in the group. And if anyone wants to reach out in there, they're welcome to. Um, but yeah, like I've, it's been, it's, it's always a pleasure having these conversations um, with, with, with Garrett because he's, I just, I just think he's, you've got great energy and you're just this great big love bug hippie. And I love it so much. <laughs> I love you. it. <laughs> well, I don't tell everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. Already done. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. Super great to talk to you and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch again soon. All right. Thank you. All right, take care. For listening to the Art of Not Giving a Fuck podcast. For more info, visit artofnotgivingafuck.com or radicalindeed.com. <laughs>